Good morning and hello. Welcome to Money Matters. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net if you prefer. You know, it, it, it is interesting. I, I was uh, We had our Christmas party, our giant client Christmas party last night, and I believe we had 280 people. Is that crazy? It was wonderful, 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 and huge support for Seven Cares. As a matter of fact, after the show today, I'm going to go over and um, give our check and all the other checks. It was just a and some um, canned goods and stuff too. It's such a community outpouring. I, I hope all of you at some point today, you know, watch, contribute, send some money in. It's it's a neat thing to see how much this has grown over the years. It's just it's a fantastic thing. But we have a, a, a speaker or two and a couple that, that speak at this. And I, I, I always introduce the first one, and, and, I, and I get up, and I'm, I'm thinking about, well, I don't even know what I'm going to do, except say, here's, here's the guy. You know? and, and I just start thinking about what in the world where we are, this is December, and we're starting into the, well, uh, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, et cetera. They start, they start their whole, well, we think that the uh, S&P will be at, you know, 4,853. You know, I mean, th- this kind of precision that is absolutely ridiculous. And they're never right. I mean, literally, like, never right, okay? And we do this every year, though. Like, that's, oh, yeah, okay. And we miss the point. And I know I say this a lot, but it's a really important point. We miss the point of all of this guessing stuff, right? Like, what do you think the market's going to do the rest of the year? I don't know. Um, let's just, you know, how about them Broncos? <laughs> it's like, we think no matter what, we keep coming back to, well, what do you think about so and so? It's a uh, you know doing really well, you know technically. Or what do you think in, instead of like the company? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't follow the technical indicators. You know, like uh, there's more buying volume than selling volume, and there's head and shoulders things. There's you know trend lines, whatever people like to squiggle out and, and pretend that that divines the future, because it is pretend. It's not that easy, but people love to do it and talk about it, but it's always about predicting what are interest rates going to do? Where's the S&P going to go? And when I think about this as, as again, just this short, not to make fun, as if this is the only period of time we get to make fun, it's every year. And it's important to understand because coming into this year, J.P. Morgan, as one specific, and they're not the, the only one, specifically said the, the, the S&P would be at 3,200. It was a really rough time. The market really couldn't go anywhere. We're at 4,500 on the S&P. Thank you very much for missing 30% move in the market. It's not helpful. It's, 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 it's worse than that. It's, it's harmful 
It's not like, oh, it's just some numbers. No, people then they they hold back. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's JP Morgan. That's Goldman Sachs. That's, that's Morgan Stanley. It's on and on and on. That they don't, that they're throwing numbers around. Well, here's what we think is going to happen. I said, wow. So it's not, it, it's a really important thing to understand. This isn't just making fun of their inaccuracy of forecasting the future because nobody's accurate about forecasting the future. It's the silliness, the absurdity of doing it, and the absurdity of us watching it, thinking that there's value in that. Mm, really smart guy with UBS said, okay, it won't happen. And, and, and it's important when we get in, into times. And so as I just concluded, it was only a couple of seconds of remarks. It was, as I was concluding, I said, so here's what they told you just over a year ago. You can't own the tech stocks in a rising interest rate environment. Can't do it. Instead of saying, you know... With the Magnificent Seven, which is, you know, Google, Netflix, all these, you know, you know what I'm talking about, NVIDIA, all these magnificent companies, down some 25 to 60%. You can't own them. Okay? Because interest rates are going up. Not true, number one. Number two, that that, that is a reason not to. This is not helpful. Because this type of short-term prediction was perfectly timed to be the absolute bottom in those very tech stocks you can't buy. And collectively, they're up over 40%. Let me repeat that. Nearly 50% increase in the greatest corporations, literally, that have ever been on the planet. You, may, you don't have to like them, all, but I'm talking about cash flow, digitalizing, changing the world. The size of these companies, the market cap, the influence they have in all kinds of areas. You don't have to like that. But clearly, the most dominant things we've ever seen, ever, you can't own them. This is what I'm talking about when I'm saying we cannot listen to this nonsense and think that we're above it because what happens is we listen to it and we go, yeah, well, that's a good point. Maybe I ought to hold back, you know, just wait a little bit longer. I know they're bargains, but, you know, it's very clear that they're going to be get, become better bargains, except they didn't. And then you're not going to buy them when they're up 25%, even though they went up another 25 In the case of Meta slash Facebook, it's even more. When we get into that game of trying to divine the future, to, to understand that these are the indicators and, or this is why interest rates are going to do what it does, we get into a trap of 
thinking about our investments in ways we should not. Oh, well, I wonder if I should be switching over more into bonds. Why? Well, because I heard this guy talking about the technical indicators that also indicate that interest rates are going to be coming down on this. Is a, oh, really? In other words, a prediction about interest rates and the future of interest rates. Oh. When we really should, when it comes to bonds, we should be thinking about it this way. For 15 years, plus years, you couldn't own bonds because they wouldn't work. Interest rates were too low. That's not a prediction of interest rates going higher and destroying bonds as it did in, 19, in 2021. But it is just simply a fact. If, in fact, interest rates are at 2% on a 10-year treasury, and they were, sometimes below that even, that won't work. That's not even the rate of inflation, let alone your draw rate or slash growth rate. Why would I own them ever? Oh, well, because that's what I was taught in school. Oh, okay. Well, nothing ever changes. So whatever you learned 30 years ago must apply today because nothing changes. Now, I get gravity doesn't change. That's a real thing. But I also, you know, like the first Super Bowl had a guy with like a rocket thing was going flying around. I happened to see that the other day. I forgot all about that. First Super Bowl halftime. That was their, their big thing. Everything changes. And, 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 and when interest rates are at such a low level, it's just logic, right? We don't get stuck in a belief system that don't, tell, don't show me any facts, goodness gracious. No, I don't want to know that. Just this is what we do. And, and, and of course, that's to a degree what Wall Street does because they live in a world of hard facts. But over time, they do change and change directions, but it, it takes a long time, uh, unfortunately. So when I'm saying that when interest rates rose or, or have risen now, we can simply say, oh, I don't have to predict where rates will be a year from now. Or a couple months ago when interest rates, you know, remember, oh, this is really just, I, I realize that I, I, we all make fun of Jim Cramer because it's he's an absurdity. But the idea, uh, he, he's a perfect if you will, picture of the uh, of whatever belief is currently residing. He just like flips all the time. I think the market's bullish, bearish, bullish, bearish. bearish. Interest rates are up, down, up, down, up, down, down. It's very like a, like a pure, raw, emotional dude, right? Just totally. And so I, literally when interest rates have been rising rapidly from five, five, ten, five and a quarter and so on, right? And it was like, wow, we're going over 5%. And it's like, okay, the, here's the perfect indicator. Kramer goes, oh, nothing, 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 nothing can happen with stocks until interest rates hit six percent because they're going to hit six, and then, um, and then finally we can, you know, talk about a, a market rally. Well, interest rates never hit six, but by having all of that input, super smart. And then you know the, the guest yesterday and the guest in the next hour is going to say the same thing because he's the perfect parrot of exactly what the consensus viewpoint is at that second. So hanging in there and listening to all that instead of using your own eyes and predicting where interest rates are going, where the market was. By the way, that was a couple months ago. 
dead to the day the market bottomed. And here we are, nearing all-time highs. Markets ripping higher. Interest rates have calmed down. Never did get anywhere near six. Again, you would just say, hat tip, thank you. Thank you for keeping me out. Thank you for frightening me. Now, it doesn't mean people went and sold, because that's what you'll hear. But did you live with your conviction of whenever stocks go on sale, I'm going to grab some cash and throw it in? Or were you delayed by the really smart commentary that that's, ah, it's going to get cheaper? It's going to get cheaper, because that's what we do. Let me leave you with one final thought on this, and i got to take a quick break. When we look at the numbers, you say, well, that wasn't me. Okay, good for you. I'm talking the collective. I'm talking the collective. There's nothing wrong with owning some bonds now that rates are higher. Nothing wrong with that. That's not a market prediction. That's not being a bear. That's saying I want a little more balance in my portfolio, and finally, for the first time in 15-plus years, I can own bonds. Some. Not all. Not making that call. But when we look at all of this and take it all together, you will not believe this, but the average person took money out of the market. In a year where the S&P is approaching up 20%, the NASDAQ is up 40 40 Never happened before. That's how negative it is out there. All right, we'll be right back after this message. Hello, good morning, and again, thank you for joining us. 580-5436, 580-KIDO. And, of course, if you prefer email, that's Dave at PetzalFinancial.net. You know, it's, it is, uh, it's so much fun, uh, energizing to really to, to share time with so many people and, and, and to be able to do this for so long. I always get a little bit emotional just whenever we have events and look around the room and, and, and you're with so many people that you've lived life with for 20, 30, 35 plus years. You know, it's uh, it's interesting doing the radio for now 35 years. And one of the folks that's uh, been years around us and years a uh, client of ours is Joe Prin, And you all may remember his name. He's the home fix guy, right? He used to be on the station. Well, he was there, and, 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 and we took a selfie, and he went back and checked to see um, how— long ago it was and because we both started approximately i mean within months of each other he he started a little bit before i did and doing the show and it's like 35 years ago and i you know i i wish i was 35 40 years old again you know with all that energy and strength and everything but you know it life just runs it runs and runs and runs and uh so many people and faces we we run into but it is so interesting to me, and I thank you so much that 35 years on air that people are still listening, in fact, more than ever. And I just thank you for that. It is really, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. It's such an honor to be able to do that week in and week out. It just is amazing, and, and it certainly is 
great brain food for me to try to figure out what to talk about. All right, in the second hour, I'm going to talk a little bit today about some of the amazing things going on out there. I know this is a surprise that I'm going to talk about some amazing developments, that there's some positive news out there. And I realize that for many, many years, lots of people have said, well, you're just optimist, and that's not true. I had somebody tell me last night, you're a pragmatic optimist, and I thought that was, that was nice. That was a very nice thing, so I'm going to own that. Because the reality is we have negativity all the time in every way, every form, radio, TV, all over the Internet. It's all negative all the time, and it's hard for us to peel clear and recognize one simple fact. I'll start with this. They just announced for the first time ever, this happened yesterday, FDA approval for a genetic altering drug at the genetic level. At the genetic level, the first one. The first one, not of many, perhaps thousands. It's just getting going, and that's amazing. All right, we're out of here for a quick Fox News break. We'll be back for our number two. Good morning, hello, and thank you for joining us. Our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. And of course, as I like to say, these are my opinions, my opinions only, and we're not here to buy, 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 or sell, sell, sell. If I happen to mention a stock, a sector, what have you, positively, it doesn't mean you should own it, okay? We talk about it from time to time, right? I mean, we're not trying to predict the future. We boy, are we working hard, right? I talk about it a lot. You know why I talk about it a lot? There's two reasons. Nobody's talking about that to, to, to stop predicting. Nobody talks about it. And so maybe I'm just kind of attracted to things people aren't talking about, but it's also really for me. I, I, I need to remind myself all the time that as I'm, I'm sitting there going, wow, this market looks terrible, and I think this, and I think that, and so on and so forth, that don't do that. Stop doing that. It leads to bad decision-making. And, and I have to remind myself, you know, if uh, the investment greats don't have market predictions, why would I? You know? Why? I'm, I'm a better predictor of the future than Warren Buffett? I... I Wow, okay. That's interesting. That's an interesting self-visualization, I guess. I don't know what to say. I'm smarter than John Templeton. Okay, interesting. I'm sure you're going to go far in life with that lack of humility. I think that it, it, it just helps to center if I keep thinking about that. Quit trying to predict. And... And remind myself that that's what the great investors have avoided doing. Now, why wouldn't they have an opinion? Because you can't know the future, and it leads you to believing something that may not occur and directing your investments that way. Instead of just looking at, I think the outlook for, uh, pick a company, Apple, 
is tremendous. And I can't believe that it just went down 25%. Okay, that's just looking at what happened. And that the company is doing great. It's hard enough to know that a company might continue to do great. Let alone that the market, which it's only one component of, is going to do X, Y, and Z. That's why it's important to go, I don't have a market opinion. I don't have an interest rate opinion. I don't have to. When interest rates do go up as much as they did, we get dislocations in the market, and this is what you do. So it's like, like, well, Dave, okay, I get that, but what do you do? This is what you do. When rates go up that much, stuff kind of sort of breaks. And I don't mean like we've had a big break because we haven't. I even talked about that with Kevin in this week's discussion. With Kevin, we talked about the fact that you just can't expect nothing to really break and nothing has broken. Not big. But little breaks like this. The worst 60 40, 60% stock, 40% bond performance in history is what we had in 2021. The worst. Now, oh, excuse me, 2022. And now you look at that and go, wow, do you know what Wall Street said? Seriously, this is what they said. The 60-40 is broken. No, it was broken for 15 years when interest rates were too low. It wouldn't work. Now there's a possibility of it work working. Quit driving the car with a rearview mirror. It doesn't work. Now that doesn't mean we predict that interest rates are going to fall. It simply says now... Within the bond market, here's what you do. Oh, wow. Look what happened with preferred stocks. Some of those are yielding 7 8%. Huh. Wow, that's amazing. Corporate bonds in the 6% plus range? Wow, we haven't seen that in 20 years. Nothing predictive about that. Just this is where we now are. Can I own these things now? Of course you can. But they tell me it's broken. What do you mean it's broken? It broke last year, making it now possible to own for the first time in 16, 17 years. Oh. Again, the collective Wall Street is what's happening right this second and that it will continue the next second. And then when it changes, we quickly run to the other way and say, this is the way it's going to be forever now. Fascinating and worthless. So that's what I mean by reacting to what the ground conditions are. Now you can own bonds. And when you look deeper, and that's what your job, our job is, certainly is financial quotes, people, analysts, whatever you want to call that's our job. It's not to divine the future. It's to simply say, is our corporate bonds viable now? 
Oh, yeah. In fact, they get a way too big a margin because of this dislocation, not breaking it, not breaking the whole system, but there is a little bit of a snap out there in the credit markets. Oh, yeah, you would find that maybe with a 5% in one year interest rate rise. Things break. At least they get mm, a little fracture in them, right? A little crack. And that's what you do. We react as these things happen. If we think about this, like some of the amazing stuff that's going on right now, I don't have to predict the future. Like, which company is going to win in make it up? Telemedicine. Which one's going to win in genetics? Which company is going to win in robotics? AI. Cybersecurity. To say, I need to get money in front of those things. Why? That's predictive, isn't it? No, it really is not. It's not. I don't think it's predictive to take something that's happening right in front of us. It's, it's, it's happening. And it's exponential. I'll come back to that. It's happening. I mentioned this. CRISPR is a company that has licensed this technology to anybody in this very human, beautiful, capitalist-run at new therapies, cures for the worst diseases in the world. By the way, only capitalism can solve that. I, I know it really, there's a lot of stuff coming out of Cuba, Venezuela, really, uh, Russia. These places, North Korea, Iran, those places are just like on the cutting edge, right, of, you know, great human beings. Um, cutting-edge technology, because, you know, I hate capitalism. It's so greedy. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I'm glad they're teaching that in schools. That's really, really good, so that college kids can come out with an education like that. It's crazy. But remember, it comes from capitalism. It comes from the markets. It comes from freedom. All this good stuff. But what I'm saying is this is like yesterday. It literally happened yesterday. The first drug to alter the genes has been approved. It's an explosion of technology with billions and billions of dollars of private money chasing after this. Is this it? The one drug? No, I don't have to guess it. I just have to get money in front of that area. It's not predictive. It's in our face. Robotics is in our face. AI is in our face. Cybersecurity, are you kidding? Do you know how much we pay as one business to make sure as best we can? Because we can't make sure. But we hire people. We have processes all these things that have to come into play, and they all cost a bundle. I mean, a lot. They really do. And every business does this for cybersecurity. Do I need to be predictive? 
about cybersecurity and know which company is going to deliver the... No, I don't. I just know that that area is huge and growing. Maybe not forever. Maybe everybody will be nice in the future. I don't know. But right now, I don't think these things are predictive at all. So as we think about ex exponential things, and I think this is important in a digital world to understand, 30 steps is approximately 30 yards. That's it. That's linear. That's all it is. And I'm going to be non-precise here. But 30 linear steps is like a billion miles. This is technology. It doubles and doubles and doubles. And when you're starting from nothing, it doesn't matter. Because that double only leads to, oh, look, we, we did some stuff with the genes. But look at this. We, we've mapped the whole human genome. Oh, that's great. And this, let's reverse it, okay? It took something like $20 million and a decade for the first mapping of a human genome. It was 20 or so years ago. Because it was big news. This is really it happened. It costs less than $1,000 now, and it's done in hours. You see, the cost has collapsed. The amount of time it takes has collapsed because technology has enabled it. Do I think this is going to happen all across medicine in an ever-accelerating way? Yes. What will the next double or what will the next half price be? In this coming year's annual exam, I think in the future, we can expect a genetic look at ourselves for not much money. Or insurance companies are happy to provide that because it only costs them, I don't know, I'm making it up, $300. And now we know what Dave Petzo could be susceptible to having or will have. Because it's right there in his code. This, the, these things are amazing, and they're in front of us. And they're happening at light speed, and we just can't seem to... I, I know it's really hard, but you have to just like kind of keep thinking about it and working on it to get yourself in a position that says, I get this. This doubling and redoubling when industries are brand new doesn't matter. But it reaches a point where they start to impact, like genetics has. Now, you think doubling. I'm talking about doubling or cutting the costs in half, the speed in half. Either way, it doesn't matter. This is why we are where we are with AI. Because you're doubling the speed, doubling the speed, doubling the speed, trying linking up computers, high-speed computers, quantum computers, pulling it all together, deep blue, all these things that people, yeah, okay, deep blue. So long ago, beat the best chess player in the world. It's not even a game anymore. It's not. 
The machines win every single game. It's not a fair fight. But you see, it started with, let's try doing this. They can beat the machine, humans beat the machine. And then it just goes boom, 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 boom. And for decades now, nobody can touch it. Now we're linking them all together. Figure that out. Again, chips, whether it's NVIDIA or others, are able to process everything so much more quickly that everything starts to work. And then it doubles and doubles and doubles and doubles. And we're still thinking, oh, that's another step forward. That's another one yard. There's another one yard. There's another one yard. When we don't think of that giant, if you will, that compound interest rate, and nothing matters at the beginning, and then it just goes double, 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 and it's just like, right? It's that straight-up slope. It's the same thing with technology. It's the same thing with robotics. It's the same thing with microchips. All technology. It's frightening. And it's not all good. But if we want to be great investors, you don't have to guess the future. Just look. See what the future, which is today, right? It was yesterday's future is now. What, what's going on right now? And what, what are the markets doing wrong? What are they seeing wrong? Like, uh, we've had a big rally here in real estate the last little bit. But it's not just all real estate. It's particularly like people woke up one day and went, I have no idea what see-through office buildings in San Francisco have to do with warehouses that are getting double-digit rent increases every year. I have no idea what that empty mall in the middle of some suburb in Toledo has to do with the mall operators who have 95% occupancy in their malls. In other words, there's a differentiation. Not every company that is in real estate has see-through office buildings in disaster cities. Almost none of them do. And there's a, a differentiation that's occurring now. But you see, that differentiation didn't occur six months ago when the same story was the same story. It isn't instantaneous. It's sometimes we have to recognize it as we're getting into this and we're like going, this makes no sense. And then you buy and it goes lower. Now, do you just quit? Do you just, that's it? Or do you go back, reanalyze, take a look and decide? No, markets are wrong. I can still be wrong. And that's why you don't, we do this little thing called diversifying. You don't put it all in. It's also why you enter positions, usually gently, not all in. It gives you an opportunity to come in later because you don't get to have the low trade. It just doesn't work that way. You get to buy and then watch it go down 5 or 10% more at best. That's the inevitability because markets always want to make you look foolish.
and we got to get over ourselves. Most of the time, we don't win. Most of the time, we don't. We just don't win on that particular pick. That's the hard part, psychologically. All right, we got to take a break. And our number is 580-5436, 580-KIDO, KIDO. Uh, and our email is dave at petsofinancial.net. Give us a call. Shoot us a note. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you again for joining us. 580-5436, 580-KIDO. That's our number. And our email is, again, dave at petsofinancial.net. You know, it's interesting. Wall Street Journal has a super uh, editorial today um, talking about California's budget bust and how the how, boom bust. And we all know that California, um, you know, they get lots of flooding and they get lots of droughts and everything is climate change. And they've built no reservoirs, almost no, no expansion of reservoirs in the last 30 years in California. So when they get rain it just runs off into the ocean and and of course then we get climate change because we get to summer and you know it's you know it's weird because it's not like it happens in boise where we have you know like little rain in the summer california actually doesn't get a lot of rain in the summer it's weird it's like never gotten a lot of rain in the summer but that seems really weird you know it's like it's the only place on earth that's like that but they don't build reservoirs, and they also don't do that with their tax revenues either. But believe me, there's a big lesson in this for all of us. It's not just California's stupidity. It's not just their far-left absurdities. They get these big increases, and you cannot believe how tilted their tax taxes are. We talk about this fact, right, that the top 1% of taxpayers in the United States— right? Pay close to 40% of all the taxes. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's a stunning figure, especially considering, I just want you to do your fair share, says Jojo. Not meaning his son, of course, but I just need you to do your fair share. Your fair share. That's all I'm asking, your fair share. Well, that's more than the fair share. I, I think anybody would agree that 1% 1% paying 40% kind of kind of sort of is not fair. And half the people paying nothing is ridiculous. But that's national. California, if you can believe it or not, it's 50%. The top 1% of taxpayers in California pay 50% of the state income tax. And one in a thousand pays a third. That's 0.1%. One in a thousand pays a third of the taxes. And they are doing what? Leaving. Of course they're leaving. And this is exactly what we sometimes wrap our minds around in the wrong way when we're thinking about corporations, what's going to happen with the market, all those things. Remember, we're not supposed to be thinking about what's going to go on with the market. But we have to look at individual companies, right? And we forget that they move too. That in the end, if you're too woke and you're having a hard time finding the right people because all you do is check some weird diversity box. Oh, that guy's a pansexual. He needs to be hired. Well, what does he do? I don't know. I don't think anything. Well, we need him on the board then if he doesn't really do anything. 
we should probably put them on the board. And then we can tell everybody, we got pansexual boards. Okay, this makes no sense any more than I am going to have a black female on the Supreme Court. Not the best person. Huh, uh, uh. Mm-mm. Do we think this is going to continue? It isn't. It's already changing. Think about the universities now. Think about what's going on with all this woke stuff against the Jews. Now the donors are pulling money. Do you think that all the leftist weirdness isn't going to be have, a, have some pushback at some time? It certainly is on, on Wall Street. As BlackRock and others face that pushback, at the end of the day, business is about making money, making cool stuff that people want so that you end up very profitable. Don't think that the existing conditions are always going to be the same. If stupid is the theme of the day, and it is most days, it doesn't mean that stupid won't change. Not because stupid changes on its own. It's because it's forced to. Because stupid will call itself out. It really will in the end. It will wave red banners all over that this is a really bad idea, but we won't stop doing it. Those people will get replaced. They will. And we forget that. And we kind of look at that as society is like we're stuck in this place. I don't want to own anything right now. Not recognizing that the world is moving. Do I think that censorship of all conservative thought will continue on the Internet forever? I don't. I don't. Do I think we've called it out? Yes, I do. Not just on Fox News. I think people are aware of it. And I think that this peak of stupidity on college campuses, I believe, is going to lead to firing and changes. And that's good. And we have to think about that with companies that we're looking at. Don't put them in the box that this will never change. There are some things that people are stuck on, and there are companies that really are stupid, led by stupid leaders. They really are. Don't buy them. But don't think they're stupid because they don't agree with you politically. That part can change. That part can change. We need to be thinking about what is working and what has a great chance of continuing to work. And you don't have to agree with the politics of that company. And things change. People do. Corporations do. And when stupid ideas aren't working, good companies, because everybody does dumb things. I do. You do. We all do. But it's okay to put your hand up and go, we're not going to do that anymore. We changed our mind. And companies are doing it left and right when it comes to the woke policies. They really are. We hit this peak. It ran people out. That's why we want to be careful with that. Things happen. You poke people long enough, they'll leave California, and they do. You bother businesses enough, they'll relocate to Texas or Nevada or Idaho. 
That's what they did and are still doing. Same with corporations. All right. Our number is 580-5436, 580-KIDO. We've got to take a break here for Fox News. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436 is our number. 580-KIDO. It's Dave at PetsoFinancial.net. Let's go ahead and go to the phones. Terry, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Professor. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Doing great. Well, it's good on you. I just wait for, uh, I don't know, every time in August we're bitching about the heat, and now we're bitching about the cold, so I don't Uh-oh. Terry went bye-bye for sure. All right. Well, what we'll do is we're going to drop that off, and we'll I'm sure Terry will ring back in the next segment. All right, so I have uh, uh, something else I want to share with you today, okay? And this is that a headline from, I don't know. Oh, there it is. I even wrote it down. July 6th, front page of the Wall Street Journal. Now, you have to remember a little bit about July 6th. So this is right after the capitulation of Wall Street, okay, meaning those companies that were uh, out there predicting, right, famously, the most famous one, I think, was a Morgan Stanley guy who uh, has been, was incredibly bearish. And then in, in, in June, um, when the market had gone up so much, decided it was time to be in the market. Okay, so right after that, of course, the market tanked with perfect timing. And older Americans invest like 30-year-olds, says the article. And, and, And meaning the older Americans are investing in stocks, not bonds like they're supposed to, and CDs that aren't paying anything, but now they're starting to pay something. But it's like, well, of course they are. You know why? They're smart. They're smart. That's why. They've learned from a lifetime of the naysayers. You got to buy gold. There's no real asset. It's all fiat currency everything's made up and this time really the the market's going to crash it is buy gold equity index annuities go home boo i'm going to scare you again i'll be back next 10 minutes from now next commercial right what's in your safe holy cow it's just all negative all the time but you know what they've learned it never happened It wasn't true 40 years ago, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Last year, the world hasn't ended yet. In fact, stocks have returned 10% a year, more than anything else. Why would you invest in anything else? Well, because as you get older, you just, you know, you don't have enough time to recover. Okay. Most years, the market's up. I don't really care if it goes down 10% if I'm receiving my dividends. Since the S&P has grown its dividends by 9% a year, let me rephrase that, say it again, 9% a year. Three times the rate of inflation. Nothing in the world has done that. But let's worry about them. Are they gambling? Or did they get smart? 
did they see 15 years of zero interest on their bonds? Huh? 15 years. Yeah, like you're not going to learn from that? This doesn't work. I'm not going to do it. Oh, well, oh boy. You're going to do the thing that's always worked. And now we're going to talk about you being crazy, wild and crazy people. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to pull Terry up after we take our break here. And we also have an email. All right. And our number is 580-5436-580-KIDO. Once again, it's just headlines. And this is the greatest newspaper in the world by so far. Nobody's close. But they got to sell stuff every day. So guess what, you crazy old people are? Smart! You're smart! You've outsmarted them. You learned. Way to go. We'll be right back. Hello, welcome, and thank you for joining us. 580-5436-580-KIDO. Let's go ahead and jump on the phones. Terry's back. Welcome. My, my apologies, sir. There's days I shouldn't be let out in public. Oh, no. you're fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We just we have a little more heightened sensitivity, and it's so it's totally fine. You're fine. Yeah. Go, go right ahead. You've never well, it's never happened that. before, so don't worry about it. Yeah, I've been trying to cut that out for years, and evidently had a slippage this morning. <laughs> you're good. But I sent you a couple articles for fun. But yeah, I, I, I'm still coming out for. Um, is it going to take deflation, uh, a severe recession, in order to roll some of this inflation back, the prices, the actual prices back, versus the what they call disinflation, should you know the short-term temporary reduction in inflation, versus actually getting the prices lower? Well, let's go ahead and get that better defined, okay? First, okay, yeah. for everybody, that, okay. No, that's number why one. I call the yeah, That's de- why I call the profession. <laughs> Deflation, disinflation, okay? So we're not rolling back prices at all right now. That's not, and, th- and that's not what deflation is, uh, or disinflation, excuse me. That right. is simply a lower uh, inflation. So when we add 10% on, like we did last year, and, I'm, of course, I'm adding 1% for easy numbers, okay? It was really only a 9 point whatever. Okay, 10. Right. We added 10. And in some areas, we added 20, right? Meat, food. I mean, some of those things just went up 20%. Boom. That's the way it is. And guess what? They didn't come back down. The rate of increase is slower. Now, when we Mm -hmm. talk about disinflation, that's not good. That's when prices are rolled back, and you'd be better off to wait a year to buy something. And by doing that, that's what we wound in. And by the way, that's what happened during the Great Depression. Three years of declining prices happened during the Great Depression. No other year has been like that. Not one. And, and where prices literally go down. Now, will it go down, though, Terry, in some areas? Absolutely. There's no question that the uh, technology has driven costs way, way down in so many different ways. I complain about the amount of money that it, we spend on cybersecurity, but that's just something you have to do in business, Right. It's not that that cost is coming up. It's gone down because you used to have uh, have to call a tech person all the time. <laughs> Wait for them to come. They would bang around for hours while your technology is sitting there. Now they just monitor it. I have never met our tech people, right? They're just 
they're somewhere and they specialize in our industry. So we just pay them a thousand bucks a month and they kind of monitor stuff. And we have other things that are on site that we have a tech person come out once in a while, but not on an ongoing basis. So my cost of monitoring, monitoring and technology and the fact that it's faster, the computer that I have on my desk is practically free compared to what it was. And it lasts for years where it used to last six months. Now you see what I'm getting at. That's where technology drives the cost down. Will that happen with automobiles? Yes, it does happen with automobiles. They get better and they get cheaper. You say, well, they're not cheaper. When we consider inflation and we consider how much further they go before they need a new engine, et cetera, they are cheaper. And that's the kind of costs that come down. So particularly operating businesses, we've become so much more productive in everything we do whether it's making appointments, appointment reminders that don't require a human being to call Terry. They just simply send you a message, and they do that for, you know, whatever, $50 a month. It, 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 we, it, and we still have an, an, enough companies out there from all the low interest rates for so long when it was cost nothing to borrow money. Yep. And the companies are hanging on by the skin of their teeth, making it but not making a, a, a big splash profit. Mm-hmm. When is, is there going to? Well, too big to fail. Is, is there going to be a reckoning someday? I don't believe so. Not 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 when we're talking about the banks. The banks are are are, are very very well, flush. Not not yeah. all of them. Some of the stupid banks, like you know, um, um, the, the two banks in San Francisco, uh, monitored by woke, not smart people, right. and um, those those are outliers. Do well, I think there's I, a reckoning, however, Terry, and I know you have something else to say, but hang on. Um, in the small bank, the community banks, I don't, even, I don't right. think from an investment perspective they're ownable. Now, they're cheap, yes. Are they ownable? I don't think so. I think that the, we are really going to be seeing going forward that too big to fail is real, and the, and the bigger banks are going to continue to merge, acquire, or be forced to as these little banks with some bad loans during normal economic cycles are required to merge with somebody else. So do I think if we have a new president, a new administration, they're going to allow a lot of banks midsize to, and, and smaller to, to merge and get bigger? Absolutely, because we have to. We're, we're overbanked, and, and, and those kinds of things you have to watch for. Yeah, I, I went too generic on that too too big to fail. I, I was talking businesses in general, not the banks. That was my... Businesses in general, and this is, I, I think, you need to watch for all the time, okay? Meaning, Meaning we don't seem to recognize how fast the world moves, and it's the speed is picking up. What I mean by that is that a third of the S&P 500 over the last 20 years has turned over. A third. A third of the biggest companies in the world are gone. Why would I think that not a third will be gone in the next 10 years? I do. Whether the economy is good or not, because they're going to get bypassed. There's going to be companies that come out and digitalize, for example, or AI legal. Do I think we need as many attorneys as we have? No way. No way. No way we do. Because AI will write a lot of the documents. An attorney will look at it 
modify it, it's done. But they won't write the whole document. And that's already happening. We know that. There's companies out there like LegalZoom that are doing a ton, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of documents, legal documents that don't require anything but a cookie cutter, fill in the blank type approach. And so all right. those things are, 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 are we going to have as many financial advisors? I don't think so. I really don't. Do, am I worried about the good financial advisors? I'm not. I'm not. But on the lower end, people that are pimping annuities and selling stuff, that, that's going to go away because AI can serve, it, serve that population much better. But the human contact from real people is not what a machine can deliver. It can't. And, and there's so many things to financial advising and walking through life with people that a machine can only tell you. Yeah, I think you ought to appropriate more into stocks or bonds or whatever. That's, those are the kinds of things, Terry. Okay? Right. All right. Let, let, let us uh, have the, the, the financial advisors that should just be there to teach people not to trade so much. But, well, that's, that's probably a lot of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Terry, thanks for the call. i got to roll. All right, David, thank you. Thank you. you. All right. And uh, good questions. Hey, we'll save the other question, which is uh, uh, email on the um, jobs report. Actually, if you tune in on Tuesday morning, I'm pretty sure Kevin and I will be talking about it. No, the numbers aren't great. They're not anywhere near as great as, if you will, is reported by the top line number. It's not. There's a lot of revisions in it, things like that. That's the short of it. And uh, again, yes, people need second jobs. That's okay. It's all right if they do. And people are figuring out how to make it work in the richest nation in the world. Talk to you next week.